Blog Talk Radio. From Washington, D.C., this is Caroline. Each week, we bring you the best conversations, news, interviews, and politics here on Caroline. To hear the show live, check us out each Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern or listen on the go by downloading this podcast from iTunes. Good afternoon, good evening. This is Kara Live. Today is Wednesday, August 13, 2008, and there's a lot on tap for tonight. Uh, I sent out my email blast for those of you who are on my listserv, and the topic on the blast is, are urban kids conservative? And also, um, I have a lot of other stuff on topic besides what was on the blast. Um, I want to talk about the Veep thing, Edwards, uh, new Obama ad, um, McCain, of course, uh, Bernie Mac, and sarcoidosis, and uh, I'm going to replay the uh, Hillary clip that I had from last week, too. I want to talk about that again. But anyway, the uh, question that I received, I got an uh, email um from one of the readers of the blog, I think I got a couple of different emails, but the the one that I'm going to use tonight, actually two, because I did get one about uh, Bernie Mac, but I, I'll get to that. Um, the email read, reads as follows. It comes from Larry W. He indicates that, quote, ignorance, period. He said, by the way, I spoke with a young lady that is a high school teacher in the city of Baltimore. She informed me that with this being an election year, she was given the opportunity to teach to teach utilizing the presidential campaign as a teaching tool. She took a census and found that young urban blacks were more aligned with the conservative right than the more liberal Democrats. For instance, she said birth control, homosexuality, and even religion were areas that kids felt that they did not believe in. She even had one student tell her that there are too many foreign people in this country because our borders are open. How do you feel about this and also with the education that our kids are receiving slash not receiving, will this trend continue because of ignorance and lack of understanding, especially religious freedom? Wow. Actually, this is a very uh, thought-provoking type of question. And, uh, you know, I started to think back, and, and, and this may be or may not be a comparison, but when I was in high school, um, I did not do any analytical thinking. I mean, I anything that I heard, uh, if it was on the news, let's say, for instance, Lou Dobbs. Lou Dobbs uh, on CNN um does a lot of commentary about the about immigration and the borders. And if 
just so happened, let's say I was 15, 16, or 17 and when I was in high school, and I heard that, whatever I heard, I took it as the gospel. Uh, I did not move outside of the box. If that's what you fed me, that's what I ate. So, and, and, and again, that was because, two, because of non-exposure. Now, I grew up in rural North Carolina. These kids are growing up in the inner city of Baltimore. If you are not exposed to certain things or certain elements, then therefore you probably are not going to know anything outside of that. I mean, unless, you know, and, and you know, I, I again, I grew up in a different era. You do now have the Internet, and there's anything that you don't want, that you don't know, you can investigate it um, quite quickly. I mean, you can Google it. You know, when I was in high school, there was no Google. But in the same token, you're talking inner city schools, if they don't have exposure, and I'm assuming that computers are in all schools now. Um, I haven't been, I haven't visited an inner city school, but uh, the, the question is, you know, you're asking about the education that the kids are receiving slash not receiving. Again, it all depends on uh, the area, the, the exposure that the kids have, and unfortunately, if uh, uh, whoever is doing teaching in my um, uh, family, at least a lot of my family members, including my mother, is a retired teacher, and you know, if whoever is teaching the child, whoever is, is feed, going back to feeding, whoever is feeding the child, if they're not allowing the child or giving them um, the tools and, and you know, giving them a chance to actually, you know, talk about this stuff versus just taking a poll. Because um, the the part where it says even one student tells her student, where is that? She even had one student to tell her that there are too many foreign people in this country because our borders are too open. Um, that sounds just like something that they probably heard on Lou Dobbs. And, and, and again, I, I don't know. And, and that's me speculating on uh, what's happened, but, you know, there's no doubt as a whole that the education system needs a lot of work. So not going to question that at all. But in, in regards to this particular question or lack of, uh, I think the other part of East, uh, Larry said is about the lack of understanding. There, There is a lack of understanding. And, again, you know, I had no political interest did not follow the news closely, and if you asked me at that, you know, in high school, anything outside of what was on there, on the news, I mean, if, if it was on there, I took it again to be the gospel. But I think the challenge is, and, and what should happen is, uh, the, these particular students should be um, exposed to or, or taught how to think outside of the box versus just taking what is heard and not um, taking that particular information and dispersing it in a different way, taking it in and then going, okay, is this correct, is it not correct, and, and then go from there. But I, I don't know. As far as the kids being more conservative versus liberal, I don't even think they think in that particular uh, aspect if they're conservative or if they're liberal. Um, in, in regards to a political affiliation, I find that most kids usually uh, 
are affiliated with whatever party that their parents are, although that there are splits, and, and as uh, time has moved on, and, and again with the exposure of the internet, it, it does uh, uh, have a different effect because if you notice this particular campaign, a lot of kids, because Obama was very effective with using the internet and using it early and being on a lot of um, uh, social networks like uh, Facebook, uh, Black Planet, uh, MySpace, uh, those particular type entities, and uh, which capture the attention of younger people, um, uh, I think has had a, a tremendous, uh, made a tremendous difference in how um, younger people are viewing the political process. So again, you know, again, it all goes back to you know exposure, and the lack of exposure could you know equate to ignorance, um, based on, and 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 taking a phrase or, or the word that you use in your particular email. So uh, you know, I hope I answered. If anybody has an additional comments regarding that, feel free to give me a call. I'm at. Um, Three four seven nine four five seven four one five. Again, the number here is three four seven nine four five seven four one five. Okay, and next up. Uh, also, I had received an email. It was on uh, either Saturday. No, actually, it was Sunday when I, I checked my email, and I got an email from a gentleman out of Oklahoma who want to know if uh, Bernie Mac's death, oh, I'm sorry, if Bernie Mac's pneumonia was code for AIDS. And, of course, I had to um, set the record straight on that one. Um, I, if you go to my blog, you'll see the, the blog that I wrote on that particular issue, um, which is titled, what does Bernie Mac's death mean? And uh, I'll read it off, and we'll go from there to talk about this particular issue. Uh, Bernard Bernie Mac McCullough died this weekend from complications of pneumonia. Back in 2006, Bernie Mac was hospitalized, at which time they released his diagnosis. He had been sick for years with a condition formerly known as sarcoidosis. It is reported that sarcoidosis was the underlying factor in his death. Sarcoidosis is a common disease that can go undetected because it can be mistaken for several other diseases. The disease may produce inflammation in the form of bumps or discolored areas which are granulomas. It may affect the skin, liver, lymph glands, spleen, eyes, nervous system, heart, brain, and kidneys, but it most often starts in the lung. Although anyone can get sarcoidosis, the risk is greater if you're a young adult, young black adult, and no one knows why. When I initially heard about Bernie Mac's death, I'm sorry, illness, a couple of years ago, I would check news sources frequently for his progress. It was very personal because I am a sufferer of sarcoidosis too. In November 1994, I woke up in a pool of blood on my pillow. My first thought was that maybe I had a nosebleed while I was asleep. 
And by the way, the only time I've ever had a nosebleed, it was when I was in the second grade. Um, I ran to the bathroom to try to determine the source. When I opened my mouth, I could see that my tongue was stained with blood. I then immediately called my physician and asked that I come in. After a series of tests within a month, which included a scraping of my tongue, my lungs, I was diagnosed with sarcoidosis. The only treatment plan rendered was Presidol, which I attribute to my puffy look and cheeks, and that particular uh, dosage is actually steroids. At the time, I had many questions that the doctor could not answer. Of course, my number one question was, how did I get it? Although physicians are unable to pinpoint the source of the condition, I've always blamed living in Atlanta as the culprit. Atlanta's air is extremely polluted with pollen in the spring, so much so that you can actually see it. Cars are covered in green at the beginning of each day, therefore creating a poor air quality. I first moved to Atlanta from Charlotte in April 1991. After being diagnosed in 1994, I began to look at what is now obvious as my system. For one, I always sounded like I had a cold and needed to clear my throat often while talking. Even though I didn't feel ill, I was always sluggish and tired. I could never get enough rest. Also, I had a lump on my leg which grew to the size of a baseball. Even though I kept having it removed, it would grow back bigger than the last time. And lastly, my skin would become irritated easily. For instance, it would be hard for me to get a relaxer. If you were a frequent viewer of Carolina, you probably noticed that I change that I change hairstyles often. When I'm plagued by sarcoidosis, I have to cut my hair in order to deal with it. Fortunately for me, my hair grows back quite fast. In October 1996, I made a decision to move back to North Carolina. In 98, my voice finally cleared up, and I no longer sounded like I had a cold. And secondly, I had the growth removed again in 01 and it hasn't grown back. And finally, my last episode with my skin slash hair was no sick, so I'm in remission. Until now, my closest friends were not even aware that I'd been sick. But when I try to explain it, it's difficult to make anyone understand, especially when I look like the picture of hell. So coincidentally, two weeks ago, a friend of mine and I were discussing sarcoidosis, and they asked that I put a face to the disease. They asked, can you tell me someone famous that has it? And Bernie Mac was the first person that came to mind. My hope is that Mr. Mac's death brings heightened awareness and additional research for a condition in which little is known but is so prevalent in the African-American community. And that was uh, my blog this week. A uh, friend who had asked me about the um, um, to put a face to the disease when I when I heard about Bernie Mac's death, they asked me, was I going to blog about it or was I going to out myself? Because no one knew. I mean, no one really knows. And the, the thing about it is no one really knows what sarcoidosis is. And the unfortunate part is the physicians do not have a clue on um, how you get it, why um, some people are more prone than others, why is it why they're more prevalent in the African-American community, although... Again, anybody can get it. Um, you know, the only treatment plan is really the steroids, but they also include that you, um, you know, watch your diet, of course, you know, get plenty of exercise. But 
that's in addition to the fact that you are taking steroids, so you do have to um, take extra special care of yourself. So, you know, it's like one of those modern medical mysteries, but unfortunately, just like many other diseases in the African-American community, this one just kind of goes unknown, unlike uh, sickle cell and, of course, you know, diabetes and, and hypertension is, is very uh, high alert as far as uh, African-Americans are concerned. So, you know, I don't usually and I don't talk about health a whole lot, um, but it is very encouraging uh, for people, to, and I want to encourage people to go, you know, if you think you're just having something that's minor or you, you pass by something that you think is a little ailment, it, it may be something a lot um, bigger than what you can imagine because, you know, when you add up the symptoms I had, you don't really think anything about the particular, and, and they're separate things, and that's why it can go undetected uh, or be diagnosed or misdiagnosed as something else if it's not treated. Um, and, and a lot of the physicians will misdiagnose it because if your symptoms are one thing, it may sound like something else. Um, because, and, you know, if you, you take each one of my single uh, symptoms, uh, you know, hair or skin irritation, you know, you go to the dermatologist and, uh, uh, to be treated for that, but, you know, if you add everything together, then, it, you know, it gives a different picture. So, again, and two, when you're in the physician's office, you know, make sure that you're very clear on um, everything that uh, you're feeling, not just the, the immediate, because, again, it could be a different or a whole different underlying factor that may be affecting you. But I, I want to touch base on that since, uh, that was my blog, I think, from um, Monday. And I was just a little irritated. I, I hate it when I hear uh, rumors about um, people when they're not necessarily true. Um, but um, anyway, going on, let me let me move on. We'll, we'll, we'll get off that subject. This week, oh, on the political scene, and you know how I love politics. Um. Friday, how convenient on Friday. Notice how this was released on Friday. Friday, the same day as the Olympics. So which which news gets the bigger headline? Roll, um, drum roll. The Olympics or Edwards? Edwards or the Olympics? Am I laughing? The Olympics or Edwards? And, and, and number two, why is it getting so much pub? He's not the Democratic nominee. Uh, he wasn't even really close. So why is Edwards getting so much pub, so much play? And I think the reason that it came out on Friday was to, um, uh, you know, when when news on news is released on Friday, you know, you have the whole new weekend news cycle for it kind of to this. Um, diffuse, you know, it's, it's big on Friday. If it comes out Friday afternoon, then Saturday and Sunday is not big news days either, although you have the Sunday morning panel stuff, but it's, it's not as big as if it would come out on Monday because if news like that came out on Monday, then it's going to play hard Monday through Friday of the entire week. So 
it's interesting. But, of course, as you are probably aware by now, if you're not, you hadn't turned on your TV and you definitely hadn't turned on your news, the release of the story on John Edwards' affair. And John Edwards, you know, I think he thought by uh, doing the story, he would do a preemptive strike, meaning that he released his story, so I said it, so I've admitted that I've had an affair, so it shall be done, and so it shall be over. Not, because the fact that he added more to that, meaning that he uh, divulged information regarding, um, uh, well, he went he went outside of that particular realm and indicated that you know the child was not his that um, Ryel Hunter has or L I'm going to pronounce this woman's name right I know but that um, that the story is um, uh, that oh, yeah, I lost my thought I'm sorry. That the baby, the child that she has is not his. She has a five-month-old child. That the affair ended earlier than uh, uh, before the baby was born. I mean, there's just so much added information. And then you find out that his finance manager for his campaign is paying this lady $15,000 a month. Not only is he paying her, uh, the guy who claims to be the father is being paid. Um, I usually don't get into this tabloid stuff, but the, the problem that I have with this is, is because he's continuing to lie. If you're going to do a preemptive strike, just say, yes, I had an affair, and just move on. Don't go through uh, the fact that I had um, about the maternity test. And how convenient for him to say that when on the other end, of course, she's indicating that she does not want to have a maternity test done. So, hmm, that's pretty convenient. Why would she want to when the finance manager is paying her $15,000 a month? And why would she want to stop the money flow? Uh, I, I don't know. It's just all speculative on my part again. But, um, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of sad, too, because I really like John Edwards, but it's obviously apparent that this is the end of his political career, at least as he knew it. Um, I, I don't know how he will survive uh, this particular episode or how that will turn out, but um, I personally believe that the child is his. I think uh, the guy who, the other guy that's being paid, which is uh, someone who was a part of his campaign, is being paid to uh, say that he's the father. You know, I guess it's one of his boys or something. And, uh, that way it's a cover for John Edwards. You have the mother who's saying, you know, she's not interested in maternity because she knows who the father is, of course, and she doesn't want to expose who the father is. And then the father saying, of course, I'll have a, a blood test done, but of course he knows that's not going to happen because they, the two of them already put their heads together and collaborated on the fact that here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say it be done, but you make sure that you say you don't want this child to have a maternity test. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a little miffed at John Edwards. I'm, I, he's one of, one of my favorite Democrats. Um, um, I, I just don't know what to say. But I, I think one of the reasons, too, that the Republican, um, I should say Republican, but the media uh, 
of mainstream media because it was the Inquirer who kept investigating the story. I don't know why the mainstream media held back on this one or were they waiting for him to actually become the nominee, thinking that there was a potential chance, and then once he became the nominee or even elected, maybe they wouldn't let it go that far, they would expose him. And uh, that would have been awful if he would have been the nominee and this type of news would have gotten out. Plus the fact it would it would have been a, a great smear campaign for the Republicans and they would look uh, at John Edwards as another Bill Clinton, i.e. he would have lost. So thank, thank goodness he didn't become the nominee, but that's not a factor. Um, also, let me get off Edwards because, again, that kind of crap I, I don't like, but I did want to touch base on that because it was such a um, uh, media story in the past week. All right, moving on. Um, oh, uh, one other thing I want to say about it. The other reason I wanted to talk about that, too, is because of McCain. Now, when they asked the candidates about what on Friday, uh, their thoughts on the Edwards campaign, I mean, mm, Edwards uh, story. Uh, uh, you know, Obama and Hillary, because they asked Hillary to have standard lines like, you know, the Edwards family is in my prayers, you know, I keep them in my thoughts, da 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 da, you know, the standard line. John McCain said immediately, no comment. And that's a good doggone thing. Why? Because John McCain had his own skeletons rattling in his closet. And you may think that I mean that I'm talking about the um, the affair or alleged affair that he had with uh, some lobbyists, which leaked out uh, a few months ago. Nope, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about John McCain's first wife. John McCain, you know, a lot of people don't realize it. They don't say a whole lot about it. It's funny that that's so hush-hush. John McCain has a first wife that's living. John McCain, while with his first wife, when he came back from um, after being a prisoner of war, um, you know, returned home and wasn't as attracted to his first wife as he was prior to leaving. Um, it, it, let, let me read this. Let, let me, let, uh, there's an article. If you go to uh, uh, carelive.newsvine.com, I posted this article called The Wife U.S. Republican John McCain Callously Left Behind. Um, let's see, where did I want to start? Okay, it says, and yet events turned out differently. It would be if she, rather than Cindy, who would be vibing to be first lady, she is McCain's first wife, Carol, who was a famous beauty and a successful swimwear model when she when they married in 1965. She was the woman McCain dreamed of during his long incarceration and torture in Vietnam and the woman who faithfully stayed at home looking for looking after the kids and waited anxiously for news. 
But when McCain returned to America in 1973 to a fanfare of publicity and a handshake for Richard Nixon, he discovered his wife had been disfigured in a terrible car crash three years earlier. The car had skidded on ice roads into a telegraph pole on Christmas Eve, 1969. Her pelvis and one arm were shattered by the impact, and she suffered massive internal injuries. McCain was discharged from the hospital after six months of life-saving surgery. The prognosis was bleak. In order to save her legs, surgeons had been forced to cut away huge sections of shattered bone, taken with it her tall, willowy figure. She was confined, confined to a wheelchair and was forced to use a catheter and had two kids, Douglas and Andrew, before renewing what was what one acquaintance calls an old flirtation with McCain. It seems clear she was bored over by McCain's attention at the time when, she, when he was becoming bored with his playboy lifestyle. He was 28 and a graduate and ready to settle down, and he loved Carol's kids, recalled another Annapolis graduate. The couple married. Oops, I'm sorry. I think I must have mixed up these pages. Oh, I did. I'm sorry. Anyway, to to make a long story short, what has happened is is that uh, McCain had an affair with his current wife uh, while he was still married to his first wife. so of course, there's not too much he could say uh, about um, about Edwards because he has his own again his own skeletons in his closet, and how much could he say? Um, and it's funny to me that you know because the Republicans are so staunch and conservative and and always taunting family values that uh, uh, they let this this. They let this get by, and it's and, it, and it too is astonishing that the Democrats don't uh, don't use it. I, I I can't imagine the whole entire campaign. Even though you know Obama said he wasn't going to run that type of nasty campaign, I don't know. I I would figure out somehow to get that information released because to me it's it's very damaging, especially right after the Edward situation. I think the timing would be impeccable. For that to come out, so I don't, I don't know. It, it's yet to be seen. But again, you know, I, I listen to some pundits, you know, who want to talk about uh, uh, Edwards and talk about Democrats and, and the values of Democrats and, and this exposing of quote unquote Democrats. But at the same time, uh, you know, if this is exposing Democrats, you know, don't live in a glass house because you know, your own candidate. And they realize this because I I heard seen twice two Republican pundits if they were paired with a Democrat uh and, and talking about this particular issue. They always cut the Democrat off, but the Democrat never had a chance to say exactly, you know, this. And but, you know, uh we, we, again we'll see what happens um with this. But I, 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 again, I just cannot imagine. Um, also, the beef steaks, you know, uh, 
the uh, Democratic convention is coming up on August the 25th. But we ain't in Monday, August the 25th through the 29th. And um, uh, neither the Democrat or the following week will be the Republican um, uh, convention. Neither candidate has picked a uh, VP yet. And, you know, I always say, don't wait until the convention to pick the VP. Why do you have to be rushed? But um, Obama's campaign is adding some hype to uh, his selection. My guess it will be either, you know, they keep throwing out Bai's name. I don't think necessarily that Bai would be, and Bai being from Indiana, who is uh, one of the co-chairs for um, Hillary's campaign, I don't think that he is actually going to do the selection that Obama makes. I mean, I, I understand that he's on the short list, but um, you know, I know in politics you forgive and forget, but at the same time, I, I just can remember uh, a lot of the statements that he made during the Democratic primaries um, while he was campaigning for Hillary. I just can't see how he could be that supportive of, uh, well, I mean, it's like, again, they're all Democrats, but I don't know how he could give his all in all for a candidate he was didn't feel in the in the beginning um should be the democratic nominee. Hmm. I mean that's that's just my thoughts, my feelings about it, but I'm um I'm a little leery about by I matter of fact, I don't think he looks particularly trustworthy. What that means I don't know. I mean that's just <laughs> That's my opinion, but I don't think he's the most trustworthy person um, that uh, Obama could pick. I, I just, just bad vibes. I just don't feel good about it. But number two, Kane, Kane out of Virginia. I really like Kane, Tim Kane, that is. Um, and I'm my odds, my bet would be on him, Tim Kane. Uh, was a strong supporter of, of, of Obama from day one. Um, he's also uh, doesn't have a uh, long track record. He would be part of new politics because he doesn't, um, uh, you know, and he would be a part of change uh, or change agent. He does have military background, so I, I just see a lot of pluses in selecting um, Kane versus Bob. The only, and, and I don't even know if this is a guarantee, but I, I hear a lot of people when they're talking about Bob, that Bob could bring Indiana for, or win Indiana for Obama. Hmm, I don't know. I don't know if that would be true. I, I don't know if there's any guarantee behind that. I don't feel that there will be any guarantee to that. And then, again, I don't think Bly would be the most trustworthy person. But he is like a consolation to Hillary Clinton because, of course, Hillary Clinton is not on that short list. And I've said that since March, that she's not going to be the pick. Um, uh, Republicans. Well, McCain hasn't picked his either, and I think McCain will wait until Obama has made his selection. 
there's really no rush for either, but he does have a little more time because the Republican convention is not until the following week, which is the, it starts the Monday of Labor Day weekend. So, um, you know, he has just, just a tad more time to figure out who he's going to pick and also to see who Obama picks first. And maybe his selection will be based on whoever Obama picks. The two people that I think they are at the top of uh, um, McCain's list is Romney and uh, Charlie Crisp. You know, I, I've said that over and over and over. Uh, Charlie Crisp out of Florida. And I, it, I, I chuckle a little bit because Charlie Crisp conveniently recently, as of uh, was it last month, maybe two months, became engaged to someone that he's been dating for nine months. Charlie Chris hasn't been married, oh, man, I think it's 20 or 30 years. I, I think he was married once, divorced, if I'm not mistaken, or, or never married at all, one or the other, but regardless, um, uh, he, he's not currently married. It hasn't been for quite some time. And just as uh, McCain begins to look at uh, VPs, he becomes instantly engaged. Hmm, how convenient. So I I, I find that a little funny, cause, uh, uh, which tells me that, um, that there's a lot of potential and what I've said all before that um, uh, he's on the, on the list. And the other thing is, you know, this, this is interesting, too. Uh, McCain has not put any money or ads in the state of Florida. And if you recall, months ago on this show, I indicated that Charlie Chris was on the short list because there was something that he could bring to McCain, and that would be Florida. And just like in the 2000 and 2004 election, there will be some type of chaos, something wrong with Florida voting, and which is going to give McCain Florida. You, you just watch. I guarantee you that that's what's going to happen. Um, you know, I, I make a lot of predictions here or whatever, but I, I smell a rat, and, and it stinks, and it stinks way down there in Florida. And... Um, for whatever reason, you know, they, people have other people in their back pockets in Florida. Kevin Harris, <laughs> again, uh, a lot in their in their back pocket. <laughs> Kevin Harris. Also, yeah, I think you get what I'm saying. Back in 2000, Kathleen Harris, uh, who was the secretary secretary of state, who is now either she's in Congress or she's in the Senate. I think she's in Congress. I know she's an elected official at this point. And, um, you know, she you can't tell me she wasn't promised a whole bunch by Jeb to make make it work, make it happen. Because you remember back in 2000, prior to the Florida votes coming in, Bush already said he won Florida. And it hadn't even been announced yet. And he hadn't heard from his brother. And it was long before the returns had come in. So what's, what's wrong with this picture? 
somebody has somebody in their back pocket. And again, that in, in the year 2008, that person is Charlie Crisp, and he's in uh, McCain's back pocket. And all McCain, when McCain releases, and, and, and of course he, he would be ideal for McCain. Romney, I don't know that McCain um, necessarily trusts him, although Romney would help him tremendously in regards to the economy because McCain's already admitted he don't have any experience with the economy or he doesn't know nothing about the economy. McCain doesn't even know how to tackle the economy. And it is the economy, stupid. So, you know, he's been running, and I think he thought that he could just run on, you know, experience with the war, and that's what um, all the Republicans are doing during the the primary last year this time. But, you know, the economy is in such uh, bad shape that I don't think he took the economy, obviously, in consideration and didn't realize what a stupid, dumb comment that was when he said he didn't know anything about the economy. Now it is haunting him because he doesn't know how to overcome that. So, again, Romney would be probably the perfect pick if if he's just looking to deal or, or needed some assets as in regards to uh, the economy piece of it. So, you know, who knows? That That's who I think the picks are. Let's see if it's one to four. Will I get one out of four? Will I get two out of four? Who knows? We'll, we'll see. But, I, you know, I enjoy this. I can't wait until the uh, convention. And I will be at the Democratic convention um, doing the show live on, on, on site and try to update you guys via my blog um, with uh, all the daily happenings and, and stuff that's going on during the convention itself. All right, moving right along. I, I played this clip last week, but I wanted to uh, uh, add this back into the discussion again this week. Uh, here is Hillary Clinton. Every day, and it is, uh, you know, it, it is uh, a question that uh, uh, I think is a, is a, is a very uh, uh, obvious one to ask. I mean, what will happen at the convention in uh, respect to, you know, my putting my name in nomination, a roll call vote, and the usual kind of uh, process that occurs at conventions? I know, President. Well, you know, we're we're trying to we're trying to work that out uh, with the Obama campaign and with the DNC. I happen to believe that we will come out stronger if people feel that their voices were heard. from just what I'm hearing that uh, there's just uh, this incredible pent-up desire. And I I think that, you know, people want to feel like, okay, it's a catharsis, we're here, we did it, and then everybody get behind Senator Obama. I mean, that is the... It doesn't work that way. That is what most people believe is the best way to go. No decisions have been made. And so we are, you know, trying to work all this through with the DNC and with the Obama campaign. Hillary, a follow-up to that. Is that that normal for it to be negotiated? 
Has that happened in the past? I'm not aware. It's happened a number of different ways. You know, obviously, uh, in some places, I think it's fair to say, if you look at recent history, I have moved more quickly and done more on behalf of uh, my opponents than uh, comparable uh, candidates have. And, you know, most of them didn't, didn't endorse until the convention. Uh, you know, Teddy Kennedy or Gary Hart or Jerry Brown, you know, just a lot of people held out until the convention, kept their delegates, often waged platform or rules or credential fights. Um, and, you know, I've made it very clear that I'm supporting Senator Obama and we're working cooperatively on uh, a lot of different matters. Um, but I think that delegates can decide to do this on their own. Right. They don't need permission. They can decide under the rules of the DNC. Uh, and so I think it would be better if we had a plan uh, that actually we put in place and everybody knew what it was and then we executed it because I just think that would go more smoothly. Uh, and uh, so I hope that's what we come up with. Thank you, Senator. Some kind of a, yeah. some kind of a, a strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Um, I know that's a difficult <laughs> question. <laughs> and also, when you probably don't wish to answer, but... <laughs>
because more has come out on this story. I wanted to discuss it again. I really have a problem with this. I, I, I'm having extreme problem because, you know, I said back in March that uh, she was going to um, do something at the convention, especially when it, it appeared that Obama was going to win the Democratic nomination. Um, you know, it's going to be extreme. I don't know if it's going to be like in 1968, but I knew it was going to be something extreme. Now, since this story has broke, and since uh, I played this clip the first time, her um, delegates have, or supporters, I should say supporters, her supporters have announced that they're doing a march on Tuesday, which would be the 26th, August 26th of the, uh, in Denver from, I don't know, somewhere in downtown Denver to the convention center uh, prior to her her speech on Tuesday night. You know, <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm floored by this whole thing because, you know, she, she makes in this statement that the, um, in order to unite the party, her delegates should have a vote on the floor. Basically, she's saying their voice should be heard. I think her quote is something like the, her delegates should have a role. Um, and, oh, the other part of that is is uh, the, flow, the, the vote on the floor would unite the party. How would that unite the party? Is it something that I'm missing? Is it something that I'm not getting? I mean, I know I can be a little slow sometimes, but I, I, I'm missing something here because how would that unite the party? Again, I'm scratching my head. I'm dumbfounded because that seems like a very divisive act. Uh, or, and the other part of that is, you know, she feels like something um, should be done that's symbolic of her race. Okay, you know, I, I love history. I'm all about history. And um, I would say it was very symbolic that she came so close as a woman to win. As a matter of fact, I'm just wondering how this would play out if um, if this would been in reverse. Let's say Hillary would have won the uh, Democratic nomination. What would they have done that was symbolic? Matter of fact, let's let's take it even deeper. Would Obama request something to be done symbolic? Would Obama supporters march downtown to? Um, the convention center, or even suggest that because he lost. I, I, I think they would just be like, he, he lost, and they would get over it. And he would encourage them to get over it versus what Hillary is doing. Uh, I see that uh, Black Achievement is in the chat room. He says, is Hillary the VP? No. Uh, you came in a little later, but I was indicating earlier. I think the last two, um, the top two, people that are on Obama's list, that is, is um, uh, Kane out of um, Virginia, Tim Kane, and By out of Indiana. Um, and for McCain, I think it's Charlie Chris and Romney. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I, I was speculating, and I said earlier I want to see um, 
So I'm going to get one out of out of four or two out of four. I may not even get any, but those are my particular um, predictions. Uh, oh, okay, um, Black Achievement says, according to the lunatic pastor Manning, she is. Well, I guess that's wishful thinking on their part. But, I mean, you, you still have people who are um, very supportive of Hillary. And, and I think it's really going to get nasty. I hope that it doesn't. I, I really don't want it to. But the fact that um, uh, she, even though, you know, and the funny part is, you know, she still, and she has to do this publicly, um, uh, act as if she's supporting Obama. Um, she's still campaigning for Obama, actively campaigning for Obama. But, you know, I wish she'd just go ahead and admit that she's a, a sore loser because she or her husband has not gotten over the fact that um, Obama beat them. And uh, based on what he said last week on um, Good Morning America, you know, it's pretty apparent that he is not happy with um, the fact that they lost. He said something like, uh, you know, this is the first time this has ever happened. Uh, this is very close. Um, uh, what did he say about Obama? That he was uh, uh, smart as a whip. I think that was the quote. Um, he ran a great campaign, a brilliant campaign, which is all true, but he's saying that, in essence, saying that, you know, so we never would have thought that he would uh, beat us. And, and, of course, you know, it's, it is pretty amazing that the fact that uh, they beat the establishment, which was the Clintons. Uh, the, and, you know, I think that's, in speaking of calling them establishment, I think that is why they are so reluctant to um, basically give Obama his props. And, you know, they feel that, I guess, Obama owes them something. But I, I, that I'm trying to figure out, too. What the heck does he, do they think that he owes them? Because, uh, you know, he hasn't, he's not a part of uh, the old, uh, old Washington politics. So he didn't have to pass through their gates to, to be where he is. So what do they think that he owes them? Um, Black Achievement says in the chat room, when asked if Obama was ready to be president, Clinton said, Clinton did not say yes. No, he didn't say yes and did say no. Uh, I, I chuckled because the, the, the response, was, and I played that clip last week, the response was something like, uh, you know, you can't say that anybody is ever ready to be president. What kind of response is that, you know, and, and, and even admitting himself that he may not be ready? Um, I like the way that the, it's, it's interesting that the media has taken that particular piece and, and, and chopped it up to me, you know, but, I, I, you know, that particular comment I wasn't too, um, uh, well, it didn't bother me as much because, I mean, I guess that could be true, that and that could be said of McCain, too. And it was definitely obvious to Bush because he's been there eight years, and, and still, what do we have? He, he's he's never been ready. He doesn't know what he's doing. So I, I don't know. It's it's all a uh, interesting dynamic. But we'll see what happens in uh, in Denver. Um, I arrive in Denver the evening of um, Hillary's um, speech. I I don't get there until Tuesday. And I'm sorry that I didn't plan to get there earlier because 
I didn't know what the agenda was going to be. My my reservations were made quite earlier, so um, uh, assuming that there wasn't going to be any major excitement until Wednesday. So done uh, on my part. But again, um, again, we'll see what happens. Uh, I I'm, have my fingers crossed, my toes crossed that you know she won't show out too much and she'll do what is politically correct. But Again, I think her strategy, and I'll say it again, is she wants him to lose at whatever cost is, so she can cause some type of chaos or have at least her supporters on her behalf cause chaos and be a little divisive. It will throw the American public off if they look at a convention that's not united, and her vote on the floor would not unite uh, the Democrats, which, again, would affect the country as a whole that's watching, i.e., Obama may lose or would lose, and that she would have the opportunity to run again in 2012. I said it, and I'll say it again. Anyway, it's always great. Oh, uh, one other comment by Black Student before I sign off. He says, Kara, he is a former Democratic president, not a resounding bout of confidence in your candidate. Yeah, absolutely. So. We'll see what happens. Um, he's speaking on Wednesday night. Hillary's on Tuesday night. Michelle Obama and Nancy Pelosi speaks on Monday night. And, of course, Obama is at Invesco, I can't even say it now, field, um, 75,000-seat uh, venue on Thursday night. And my understanding that now all the tickets are, are taken. So, ouch, if you didn't get one. It will be history in the making. Again, it's always great to have you guys listening to Care Alive. Feel free to check out my website and my blog. The website is at www.carealive.com. Uh, the blog is at, uh, you can reach it from carealive.com, but you can go directly to the blog at um, carealive.blogspot, B-L-O-G-S-P-O-T. Dot com. Thanks again for listening to Caroline. See you next week, Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, and the following Wednesday, I'll be live from the uh, DNC convention on site. So catch the show then. Please take care. Have a great one.